Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Cartoon, this is the DBAC Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews, with your hosts, TJ Bowser, Jordan White, Logan LeVegg, and Grandmaster Mo. Everyone and welcome to episode 11 of the Do Back Discussion podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser. Jordan White on the side. And Joe the Rogue. Grandmaster Mo here signing on. Today, we got a Millennium Falcon full of solo news. Uh, so I want to get started with the news that we might get a new solo trailer tomorrow, uh, which would be April 9th. And also, before we get into the thick of things, uh, Logan, you know about thick things, don't you? Uh, we are yeah, what? Totally, six, man. What are we? Uh, forty-six days out. Yes, forty-six days as of recording of this podcast. Damn. So, let's talk about these new solo posters, okay? Uh, we got uh, emphasis. What? What? What's that bitch's name? Emphis. Emphis Nest. We got a couple pictures of her and her uh, Marauder of Raiders. And what else do we got? Uh. Oh, Chewie and some goggles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got Chewie. He doesn't have his uh, bowcaster, though, it doesn't look like. No, it looks like he has a blaster of some sort. Uh, It's nice. Oh, he's rocking rocking the double bandolier also. It looks like a Roby blasted to me. Oh, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, Looks like we got that uh, Mimbin or Corellian Stormtrooper chilling with the black accents. That looks very awesome. That nest bitch looks really sweet. Oh, by the way, she's a girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you guys don't realize on that uh, first picture of her, that looks like Wookiee fur, does it not? Probably. I mean, there is, there is, um, she's trying to keep warm. It's a possibility. Probably not. She probably bought that, uh, that fur from Bosk. <laughs> yeah. But that, that was just like an interesting the- thing I saw. I was like, hmm, that could be interesting. Like maybe Chewbacca has a rivalry with her, which would be, pretty nice to see yeah i wonder if uh, they're gonna have these guys on sale these posters on sale soon i'd really like to pick one up and add it to my collections you guys see the the millennium falcon ones oh yeah dude those look awesome look at the color scheme on that that's just great you're great thank you (laughs) thank you and you can you say that i'm gay uh that was the most heterosexual thing that has ever been said in this podcast we're just so comfortable with our sexuality that we don't mind expressing brotherly love. Yeah, we don't <laughs> we don't hide it like you do. But fuck you, off. I'm you don't gay. love your friends, you just love dudes. <laughs> just go kill yourself. Just playing with you. Nope. Don't say that. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, guys, uh what else do we got going on today? Uh Mo, uh, Alden Einrich had an interview. He talked a little bit about playing Han Solo Oni. You want to talk about that, bro? Yeah. Um, for some reason, uh, the video has been removed. Uh, the first two parts that were tweeted by him, uh, or maybe it's not him. Maybe it's his. Um, it's Alden Einrich, um, Aaron Reich News. But so just the last <laughs> part, about a minute snippet of the interview was shown, and 
Um, not much to report, but he does say that he hasn't been to Austria before, which is interesting, I believe, kind of, maybe. If you're interested in what European countries he hasn't been to. <laughs> I don't think anybody cares about Alden Einrich and where he has and hasn't been. <laughs> yeah, but that's all. Yeah, that's the only one that didn't get removed, so it's all the information we get. I wonder much. why they got removed. Are they like, trying to keep it on the DL that bad, or... Why let him do the? Why let him do the interview in the first place? Right. If if they're gonna take it down, then <laughs> you know some things in this world just do not make sense. Uh, right. And that's one of them. <laughs> so it's interesting, uh, TJ, that you mentioned that you called Enfys a she because that's one part of the next segment. Um, there's new details on Enfys Nest that have been revealed, including exclusive rumors about the character herself. It says here that uh, Emphis Ness will be following in the footsteps of the great Captain Phasma as she, as it appears we can add another female list, uh, another female to the list of Star Wars movie villains. Uh, it says Emphis Nest is a female. It is not a big role, but it is important. She is actress. She is the actress working closely with Woody Harrelson. Now, here's the key thing, guys. Uh, she is signed for two more movies, presumably solo sequels. So we're talking about a solo trilogy going on here and possibility yeah hopefully we get mr uh howard for all three of them because i want the consistency if this movie turns out to be all that it's uh being hyped up to be i want it to be uh i want the next one to be uh by ron howard also because like i said in the past he is pretty much like george lucas jr he's probably the most qualified to make these star wars movies with the exception of jj and ryan even though ryan's movies are kind of off the wall but absolutely want the next two uh solo movies since this is what this is hinting at uh to be ron howard written produced all that fun stuff yeah right, just, right. just one question there's just one question though do we know when the solo when uh solo is going to be based at? Is it going to be based like a few years after the empire's made is going to be based uh a little like uh, we already like talked a year about this. before a new hope we already talked about this we did uh we okay did. so um according to the trailers he says that he tried to go on the imperial academy and that he was kicked out on solo so i'm assuming def- the empires are definitely already there yeah it, it would only make sense i don't see i mean Han was born bef- before the creation of the empire but right, he, he would have been a kid though yes Little teeny weeny kid. Are you picking up what we're laying down? The what? Is is Logan picking up what we're laying down? Yes, yes I am. Are you All sure? Right. You take that and you store it in your memory. Yeah. All right. So now, like perhaps for- what's most important is about um, Nest's role in the story. Despite her imposing appearance, uh, we've heard that she is not the central antagonist of the film. Instead, she's only the villain for part of the movie, kind of like how Jabba's only the bad guy ever turned the Jedi for the first half hour or so. Yeah. Um, but like Jabba, she's an important uh, for her portion of the film. Well, if she does actually, well, if the solo trilogy becomes an actual thing, I honestly feel like she will probably have her own feature film then as a villain. Hmm. Think so? If she only gets 30 minutes in the first one that they have, might as well. It's true. I mean, we should clarify that none of the information we just shared is confirmed by Disney or Lucasfilm because <laughs> it's, it's a source. But then again, doesn't mean it's not true. A lot of information that turned out to be true wasn't at first confirmed by either Disney or Lucasfilm. Yeah. 
Grains of salt, people. Grains of salt. Grains of salt. <laughs> so, uh, what else do we got on the docket for today? You oh. guys get a chance to read the last shot excerpt. It's pretty good. This is all you, Mo. <laughs> yeah. Literature, my thing. It is so, um, it's just really cool. What's best part about this is that it takes place. This scene takes place in Maud's Kanata's castle. So she's going to be in this, um, which is pretty cool. Um, basically, they have a little firefight. Um, spoiler alert. They're having a little firefight with some Trandoshan bounty hunters. Um, and this girl named Sana, Sana, I'm not sure how to pronounce that yet. Um, and then they make a getaway in the Falcon. Very well written so far. Um, if you head over to StarWars.com, you can even li um, listen to this excerpt being read by Daniel Jose Older himself, who was the New York Times bestselling author who actually wrote this excerpt in the, the full last shot novel. My name is Jose. But um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. But, um, yeah, but that, that's pretty exciting to know that this is taking place in her Takadana castle, right, guys? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. Uh, do yeah. you think we might see Maz in the solo movie then? That would be cool to see just to show how her and Han pretty much met and what their relationship is and how like how how close they are to each other from what we've seen in The Force Awakens absolutely. and Battlefront 2. Absolutely. This is probably one of the explanations to the many issues that she probably brought. Well, that Han probably brought to Maz Kanata's castle because they, she does bring it up in, I think, episode seven about some of the issues that he brings to her castle. Yeah. And Battlefront 2, he brought the Empire over there. And this could be another one, which would be very interesting. To, to be honest, I'm surprised that she hasn't kicked him out yet. <laughs> no, they're good friends. They're good friends. She, it's all. It's all in. Uh, it's all in good faith. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, uh, this bullshit about replacing Carrie Fisher. You don't yeah. do that. No. Right. You just yeah, don't. That's a big no. If they did have Meryl Streep uh, be um, Princess Leia in Episode Nine, I feel like that movie would go down so fast from fans and fans would just throw just like i don't know they just protest about it for like months yeah that's why it's not gonna happen yeah straight up it's I mean, not gonna there's one thing about that about though. we talked about it last week it's just she's not even something to entertain sure i, mean, I bet you that petition was started as a joke mm -hmm. like it's just so far-fetched and ridiculous i agree yeah it, there's one thing about that, though. Sadly, Carrie Fisher is no longer with us, and she's involved in some of the next movies. I'm pretty sure that her character is not going to die anytime soon. But they should and still that, provide a reasonable reason why she's not there instead of just replacing her. Well, I mean, like I said, what are you going to do? She's no longer with us. Say I mean, she died can, in between the movies. There's going to be a gap in between the next ones. I, I, I think Jordan I does have a point, though. Jordan does have a point because we do know that J.J. Um, Abrams had to go back and just scrap the whole script and start all over again after um, she unfortunately passed. Yeah. Uh, I know you can I probably believe... kill her off in between the movies, but I doubt people would want that. I feel like they'd want her to be sent off in a proper way in a movie because there's no could... reason for her to have been saved. Spoiler alert. Not telling you which movie. But, um... There's no reason for her to have been saved 
if they're not going to send her off properly. What they could do is probably use old footage if they can, because like from bloopers or from just like old deleted scenes from either The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi, they could try to use those scenes to make something. Or I think instead of replacing Carrie like they shouldn't, what they're probably going to do is either make a TV show in between that time or they're going to make comic books to tell the stories between the time range between uh, the Last Jedi and Episode Nine, and Carrie and uh, Princess Leia's death will be within that time. I think what we're getting at here is that essentially we agree with Mark Hamill when he considers Carrie Fisher as irreplaceable. Yes, um, as Princess Leia. Yeah, definitely. I don't think anyone can replace Leia. Like, just it wouldn't go down well for anyone. No, not at all. <laughs> <Hell no. laughs> I mean, if you hold the role for a character for 40 years and unfortunately pass away, you can't be replaced. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's been your role since the beginning. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Mark Hamill actually um, in an interview with Steve Weintraub of Collider um, says, I don't know what the specific plans were for that character, but since Han was more prominent in seven, Luke was more prominent in eight. We assumed that Leia would be more prominent in Nine, especially with the dynamic of Kylo Ren being her son. I think it would be tough recasting because she's so indelibly linked to that character. And then he talks about Lucasfilm uh, president Kathleen Kennedy uh, and how, the basic quote, they've already rolled out the idea of computer generating her performance like they did with Peter Cushing. So, gee, that's got to be a really not an insurmountable problem but i know the script had been developed enough so when we lost her they had to go back to square one she's irreplaceable as far as i'm concerned and i think we can all agree with that mm-hmm. yeah yep so guys uh with uh that being said there is a new uh interview with frank oz you know yoda uh <laughs> aka yoda aka miss piggy aka a bunch of freaking people Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, Frank Oz talks a little bit about the new documentary with the puppet guys. Yada, 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 yada. This stuff. Uh, you want to talk about this, Jordan? Um, just to clarify, Yoda is not a Muppet, but, um, <laughs> uh, be. there's really not much I can put towards this besides how, um, they wanted Yoda to be something special, and the way he looked was something that uh that had to be thought on really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Anthony talks to Frank Oz about the new documentary Muppet Guys Talking, which brings together five of the original Muppet performers. Also, we have the latest news update on Solo, a Star Wars story, which we went over, <laughs> and will make a special appearance in Disney's upcoming Star Wars Galactic Knights. Right. <laughs> um, I think Frank Oz in the interview goes not too much in depth, but he does talk about how basically he the characterization of Yoda is something he, he doesn't know how to talk about because it's just something that takes him so long to develop. It becomes almost a part of him, and he's almost like a different person when he performs Yoda especially with the technology advancements in the way they can maneuver Yoda around. Um, I mean, it's just really cool seeing behind the scenes him controlling Yoda while reading the script in the Yoda voice. Yeah, I remember when uh, I think it was 
uh, two weeks ago, we were talking about how if he, if they were to make a Yoda movie, it would have to be all CGI because it just takes it, it would take him forever to get all the lines down and to uh, control the Yoda puppet. So I, I'd like just kind of backing you up on that. Just how much he puts into Yoda should like should be definitely respected. Oh, for sure. For sure. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> uh, so Abram Vance had something else planned for Ray's parentage, uh, which is strange. But anyway, guys, uh, I'll read this a little bit of it to you guys right now. That's what I'm doing. Uh, Simon Pegg, who played Junk Trader, Ungar Plots, The Force Awakens, the close friend to the film director's J.J. Abrams, was recently a guest on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast to talk about Ready Player One, Star Trek, Mission Impossible, and Star Wars. After the show, podcaster MTV News correspondent Josh Horowitz shared a curious tweet about Pegg's comment on what Abrams may have initially intended for episode Eight, concerning Ray's parentage that may have not been undone by Johnson in the final version. Whether or not this is actually the case to anyone's guess, but Lucasfilm's Pablo Hidalgo also chimed in on Twitter to address the supposed confirmation from Simon Pegg. Josh Hardowitz tweets, Simon Pegg confirms what I've heard. JJ had a much different plan for Ray's parentage. I know what JJ kind of intended, or at least was being chucked around. I think that some... I think that kind of been unknown slightly by the last one. There was some talk of a some a talk of relevant lineage for her. Hey, did you see uh, Pablo Hidalgo's sarcastic rebuttal to uh, Simon Pegg says Snoke was supposed to be Plagueis. <laughs> oh mm. my god! Here we go. Who has been saying that for so long? Holy I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Fucking Heath said that. I don't know who the fuck Heath Williams is, but Hidalgo, Hidalgo tweets, Simon Pegg confirms that old Scraps went to live with a farm family in the country, and he loves it out there and is having a great time. Yeah, I don't really get that. I was just pretty much saying his theory is garbage and is dead. Because <laughs> like that's what parents say to kids, like, oh, Sunshine went to go to a farm. They're having a great time there. He's pretty much saying that this guy's theory is dead. There's nothing. Maybe we should tweet him about your theory about him being Yoda's apprentice. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> that's a good theory, man. That's, that's a not a good theory. theory. That is probably the worst theory I've ever heard. You're the worst theory I've ever Fuck heard. Fuck you. <laughs> no, man. I'm not gay. Oh, that was the biggest lie I've ever heard on a podcast before. <laughs> <Fuck off. laughs> anyway, guys, uh, Johnson has already stated that you ultimately made Ray a nobody because that was the hardest thing for her to hear in that moment. The original trilogy, in the original trilogy, the hardest thing for Luke to hear was the ultimate villain was his dear old daddy. Likewise, Ray longed for belonging and to hear that she was really no place in the larger story was hard for her to swallow. Logan has no problem swallowing. In episode 9 pulls a fast one and Abrams decides to give us the old just kidding. She actually is just is she actually is somebody. Then I guess well, then we'll know what Peg was onto something. I actually would have been surprised if we learned that she actually does have a more significant lineage than we previously learned. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't really fucking care at this point. 
I mean, there still would need to be some explanation as to why in episode seven, when she touches Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber, and you guys remember she has that weird um, dissociative vision or whatever, oh, yeah. why we hear Obi-Wan Kenobi's voice calling to her. That's true. Or maybe they just leave that as like a loose end, I guess. But I, that, that really intrigued me. I would like to see that sorted out, hopefully by J.J. Abrams. It must have been a creative decision for him to include that. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Kenobi. Don't start that shit. Don't start. <laughs> There's no way Obi-Wan Kenobi is Rey's father. Obi-Wan Kenobi! Uh, maybe he's not the father, but definitely it's Dexter. That would that would lead me to think there's some connection. <laughs> what if it is Dexter? <laughs> Put your four hands wow, all over me. What do you know? <laughs> what do you know? I got a daughter. <laughs> You're coming to work in my diner. <laughs> Harder than the droids, bro. Anyway, guys, let's move on to the next thing. Mo, take it away. So Ryan Johnson is focused to tell vital new stories in his upcoming Star Wars trilogy. So the canvas is blank, no longer handcuffed by six film legacy and Skywalker canon connectivity. The leash is off for Ryan Johnson. He has three movies to explore a galaxy that has the potential for so many new stories to be told. A couple of months ago, a friend who I'd spoken with Johnson asked the director about his new trilogy and told me, or the writer of this article more, uh, that Johnson admitted he had not delved into it yet. But we do know that um, he's going to be with his, uh, as a duo with um, the duo find themselves back at the beginning, brainstorming ideas for the new Star Wars trilogy. Johnson is tasked with writing and directing for Lucasfilm. Now, the questions are going to continue for Johnson as to what he's going to focus on. But this time it's a lot bigger and it's not about existing characters now. It's quite literally about Star Wars itself. It's about the kind of universe building that so much of the prequels went into, um, invested so much time and effort in. Um, it's he, um, he says it's fun because it's kind of thinking, okay, outside of the Skywalker story and outside of the rec- recognizable iconography, what is this? What is Star Wars? Or what do we need to retain from that to pull forward for it to still be Star Wars? And what can we leave behind? Now, this is really interesting. They're going to have to maintain some connectivity, you know, to the, the Star Wars that we know without rehashing the same themes and the same. Well, they're going to keep the themes, of course, without rehashing the same plots or what or what have you. Um, in order to keep it fresh and new and exciting, yeah. Just, well, uh, I mean, it could go so many different ways. We can sit here and theorize all day and all night about what he could possibly <laughs> talk about. But the truth is, the universe of Star Wars is just so huge; it's going to be impossible to really know for sure. And we have absolutely no clues to go off of. So, Logan, no theories. Ah, what are you <laughs> talking about, man? I mean, this gives him a lot of wiggle room. I would love to see what if he let his mind go free, what he could do with this. He doesn't have to stay constrained towards anything or connected to anything, really, as long as it stays relevant to Star Wars and as long as it makes sense. So he has a lot of creative freedom here, and I would love to see what he does with it. He's just going to kill the bad guys in the beginning. But, you know, you know, I really do. I hope that I hope that um, he does. You're right. He does have a lot of wiggle room and I hope that it pays off because a lot of the shit that he got for Last Jedi, it comes from the idea that. He 
it didn't fit within the legacy of what people understood Star Wars to be. So now that he has the opportunity to create a whole new type of legacy, I really hope we'd see him shine. Wish him the best. Yep. And that was Keep an awkward there, silence. Buddy. That was an awkward silence. I've actually been listening and I got carried away. Your voice took me to another plane of existence. Uh, so Finn and Ray will team up again, I hope. Jesus Christ, no more Rose. For the love of God, no more Rose. Just kidding. I oh, please, here. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I loved Last Jedi, but Rose was just something else. I was really hoping she would die on a crate. So uh, we're not going to talk just about that. I was hoping Finn was going to die, and then she's like, oh, let me just uh, ruin this great story that's going on right now. And Yeah, I I, yeah. I, I noticed that Ray's relationship with BB-8, Ray's relationship with uh, Finn were uh, kind of pushed off to the side during the the, uh, the Last Jedi thing. And uh, with that being said, it's I'm happy to confirm, kind of, sort of, maybe, that the Episode Nine script has been read by John Boyega and Daisy Ridley, and they will team up again in episode nine. The Resistance broadcast tweets, John Boyega reveals that the Daisy sent him a text saying, oh my God, we're together again, suggesting that Daisy has has read the script for episode nine, hashtag awesome calm, hashtag Star Wars. What is that thing anyway? Uh, I'm pretty pumped about that. Let's get the old merry, uh, merry band of men back together whatever the hell i just said <laughs> uh yeah there's not really much to talk about there other than yes we're excited well, this better happen and hopefully rose dies continue <laughs> i feel like that uh ray and finn are gonna be like back to back in like a battle with like stormtroopers or whatever like ray's gonna have the lightsaber finn's gonna have the blaster there's gonna be teaming up like how it was back in the clone wars with the jedi and the troopers just like kind of doing that I feel like it's going to be very awesome to see because you'll just see like two different weapons, two different people, but teaming up together as they were family, as they were bonded together. So I feel like that's going to be a great scene to see. I just can't wait to see it. I I concur. So the sail barge reached its goal. Yeah, we've been following the sail barge since basically uh, inception. Yes. Since released. Yeah, they yeah, got 5,000 backers, so congratulations. Uh, it got a lot more than that. Last time I checked, it was at 72. Damn. <laughs> so they're getting some uh, serious cashioli here. Yeah. Didn't you say Didn't you say it was about $5,000 a sale barge? Yeah, uh, 500. No, 500. They officially, 8,810 people have bought a sale barge, which is... If you do the math, I will tell you exactly how much money it is here. Hold on, I gotta punch this in. Uh, since math being done, eight one zero math being done times five hundred is four point four million dollars, guys. Hasbro has just made four point four million dollars from a sale barge for three and three quarter inch figures. That is definitely something to brag about, people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for uh, sure, for sure. Yo, Hasbro, if you advertise us, I mean, I'm looking at the money. video of you know. You guys remember <laughs> that time lapse video of the art of the artists working on it? And yeah. man, I think it probably is going to be worth the money for diehard Star Wars fans. Absolutely, especially them job the people you know, like uh, Logan, who has a, a weird Yo, obsession like, with them huts. Hey, man, huts are the shit. We should get a job at Palace shit. next. Okay, so the next one, I'm going to talk about this, what? guys. You guys, uh, shut up a little bit. Uh, Let's talk about the art of Star Wars photography. 
toy photography, that is. I collect Star Wars figures. And whenever I say I collect Star Wars figures, I'm sure everyone knows. You should probably buy that tail barge. <laughs> I'm not buying the tail barge. I collect six-inch black figure, black series figures. Uh, those are three and three quarters. My figures would look ginormous compared to that. But anyway, uh, I got 40... 40-something uh, Black Series figures right now. Uh, it's not a massive collection. It, it could get bigger. I'm, I might look into getting some hot toys, getting rid of this collection. I don't know yet, depending on the buyer. But anyway, uh, there's a lot of Instagrams and stuff like that of people taking pictures of these figures. These pictures, well, these figures are really nice quality, and if you get them in the right light, I mean, we're talking serious stuff here. And uh, it seems that someone on this article has recreated uh, some pictures of the fight scene in the throne room from episode eight, and it looks absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I mean, wow. I've seen some pretty cool photos, but this stuff is definitely in depth and detail. Yeah, the aerial view is really cool. Yep. Yeah. See, I don't like I don't like the Legos. Uh, That's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, but the porgs though, two hundred <laughs> porgs, man. That's a lot. <laughs> I do That's like the figures. Many. I do like the figure stuff. Uh, there's that one picture of Ray, and she's out by water and stuff. And I like how he redid that. Yeah, that looks. I like cool. how they did this in general. The fact that they were able to make some of these figures look as if they're almost real in some of these situations and pictures. Oh, absolutely. Uh. I personally would love to start doing this, uh, especially with the Black Series, because you can afford to uh, let them get destroyed a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So sure. I'm not spending a ridiculous amount of money on them. I mean, you can pay a lot of money for like Comic Con exclusives and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a really cool uh, thing to get into. So is model building. If you guys have ever seen the Star Wars models, sure. They're, they're, no, they're really I haven't cool. actually. I looked into it. They're really cool. Uh, there's a lot of painting involved, but I think it, once you get the painting down, it's it's worth it. Uh, I like the Boba Fett one. It's that's definitely one you could uh, play with there because there's so many different versions of Boba Fett's armor that you can do. But uh, yeah, guys, if you uh, the, the articles on StarWars.com, you can go over and look at some of these uh, images of the photography. Uh, one might want to even like print this out and put this on your uh, Last Jedi booklet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, that looked cool in a DVD case. <laughs> Take out the original picture, put it in, put it in the case and stuff. Right, I would do it. Sure, I've done that with video game cases before. Hell yeah, TJ, I got a question for you. Yeah, buddy. And you, you know, I just started started getting into uh, Black Series figures. Um, should I take them out of the box and just like you know set them up, or should I keep them in the box? And do you think that if they it's were vintage figures, later? I'd say keep them in the box. But seeing that they're inexpensive Black Series figures, I'd say take them out and play with them, pose them up like I do. Yeah, like I really want to take them out and you know put them up, but at the same time, I don't know if I want to keep them as like collectible type shit. I don't know. I think I understand you. Like you, a lot of people do that with their Black Series figures. I I, I see. There's no point. I mean. We spend money on these figures. We might as well take them out and play with them. <laughs> some people true, that true. some people that do actually collect figures though keep them in the cases and things specifically because they probably might sell them later on. 
So if you're not planning on really selling them, people are going to sell my, I'm going to sell these and whether they're in box or not, people are going to buy them. If you have a lot of 60 black series figures or whatever it's going to be by the time I'm done, people are going to buy those. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, does the, like I'm looking right now, right? So a lot of these uh, black series figures being sold online on like eBay and stuff Mm -hmm. like, um, where is it? An, an authentic Black Series Sabine Wren mm-hmm. of sealed minty new in hand authentic um, is is going for fifty four dollars. So it's not like it's a significant jump in price. It's maybe like thirty bucks or something like that. That's, that's, that's like a hundred percent jump. Yeah, I understand that, but are people going to go on there and buy it? That's a good question. And like, it's different for each figure, and it depends on the figure that you have. Like, I have a Thrawn out of box and a Thrawn in of box. Oh. I see, I see. And then, like, let's say some of the harder-to-find figures. Like, you're not going to go buy a Captain Rex and take it out of the box. It's it's pick or choose. Like, if you want to take, it like, your Han Solo figures out, Mo, go ahead and do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Actually, when I was buying the Han Solo one, it's it's hilarious. I was in Walmart, um, and I went to the toy section, and I was look, and I picked up the Han Solo one, and then behind me, this really old, um, like, must be, like, in his 70s, he goes, he said, is that the Han Solo one? I said, yeah. He's like, cool. And he picked up the other Han Solo one and walked away. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. That's me when I'm older. That's so cool. Man. Yeah, it depends. And what what, if you're going to take something out of the box, make sure you check it first. Like, I got a Snoke figure down there, and it's uh, Snoke sitting on the throne. Uh, I paid in half. No, he's not in half. See, I wanted to do that. (laughs) I wanted to saw him in half and paint the the insides red. And then have like the lightsaber ignited on the floor, and then have like Kylos fighting Praetorian guards on the outside and set that up. I think that'd just be funnier than all hell to have that set up. Yeah, but uh, no, uh, I I wouldn't see no problem in it. If, it depends on the figure, like I said. So that's why I I got, I got two Thrones. My buddy got me one, and then Tila got me one for Christmas. So whenever we got. I was like, well, I'm going to take one out because it's fucking Thrawn and I want to play around with him. And then the other one, I just kind of left in the box and put it behind him. Now, I I can turn around here and I can look. Uh, I got a lot of episode eight people uh, put in boxes still. Uh, primarily because I want to do unboxing videos for the YouTube and the website. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I'd say I got about 14 characters in box. <laughs> Cool, man. Yeah, main. Yeah, uh, what you just have that solo figure, or do you have other ones? I got a Jin Erso one um, on Jetta. Yeah, I got I got a Kmart exclusive uh, Jin Erso, and then I got a, a normal Jin Erso, and then I have a Cassian Andor, and I also have a uh, Harris and Dula, and Orson cool. Krennic. Nice. Did y'all end up playing um, the original Battlefront with Orson Krennic? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. He was a boss in Heroes vs. Villains. You'd have to or use like, him right, because if you're like a noob, then you're, you're using him is basically useless. He was so True. annoying. True. That droid is so annoying in a hallway. Oh, my God, yeah. Especially in Sabotage. They just come and shove it next to the... God, yeah. Next to the objective, and then, uh, then you just game over, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I think I was playing Battlefront and I just like 
was going on a roll. I think I had like a uh, jetpack and the D19X, which was like the heavy sniper. And I just kept bouncing around and shooting people. And I had like the bounty hunter trait, so I could just bounce around whenever I got a kill. And uh, I just kept going. And then there's Orson Krennic, and I'm like, shit. And so I placed like a bomb. Like, well, I throw, I think I threw a thermal detonator next to his droid and then bounced out. And I guess his droid was already kind of damaged and it like got, it got destroyed. And then everyone just starts teaming up on Orson and he gets killed. I was like, <laughs> this is how you do it. <laughs> nice. Like the best thing. It was probably my favorite Battlefront, Battlefront memory. We're just Battlefront wrecking after it. this, boys? Huh? Battlefront after the, uh, podcast? <laughs> Oh, for sure, for Maybe. sure. Maybe. Maybe. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, what else do we got on the, the palette for today? Oh, uh, let's talk a little bit of discussion topics, guys. All right. Uh, what if Qui-Gon survived? <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, if Qui-Gon survived, I believe Dooku would not have... Um, Dooku would not have turned to the dark side. Darth Maul would probably be dead. And I believe Anakin would have gotten the specific training he would need. And I don't think uh, anything bad would really happen. Order 66 probably wouldn't happen because Sifo-Dyas and Qui-Gon and Dooku. Because like, Dooku wouldn't have gotten Sifo-Dyas killed and started the clone army. And <clears throat> you know none of that would have happened. And Palpatine's, fan, Palpatine's uh, plans would have been ruined. So I believe if Qui-Gon lived, everything would be totally different. Anakin wouldn't have turned to the dark side. Darth Maul would be dead. Emperor Pal- like There would be no empire. Palpatine's plans would be foiled. <clears throat> and just, yeah. I think Anakin would have been one of the best Jedi and would have probably uh, never been with Padme, actually, because Qui-Gon would have been like, you can't have attachments. And I feel like Anakin would follow by that rule as he would get guidance from both Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Okay, Jordan, what about you, buddy? I actually agree with that, and I feel like Obi-Wan himself would have been way better off, considering he was never um, never really taught how to be a master, because he was basically forced into it at, what, 18 years old? Yeah, about that. He was about 18 years old. And forced to become a master because his own master died. <laughs> hey, shit happens. Yeah. True. But no? I know what he wasn't you, ready. And if it wasn't for the fact that Qui-Gon died, n- probably none of this would have happened. True. <laughs> yeah. Mo? I agree with everything that's been said so far. Um, Qui-Gon dying really... How do you say... It, that was like a hiccup that the Jedi Order was never able to recover from because, like you guys t- talked about, Obi-Wan not being ready to become a master um, and take on a... Especially because the Padawan they took on was just um, so old compared to... It was to, the chosen one, man. Come on now. No, yeah, for sure. But, um, I mean, as we see from later, like, they didn't really want to take him on. They were being dicks about it. Like, oh, you're too old. You like your mom? Uh, what a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I do generally agree with what's been said. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in my opinion, I feel that maybe Anakin would have definitely turned out differently. Uh, and uh, Qui-Gon operated outside of the Jedi Order. He did what he wanted. 
And he only went to, to them for certain things that he deemed necessary to get council approval on. And whatever he found said chosen one, whether he be the chosen one or Luke be the chosen one, who, whatever it is, uh, I feel if he was the one to train Anakin, especially even with Anakin being taught to be a Jedi and being raised in that time where uh, he was older than normal other Jedi uh, younglings and stuff like that, uh, he would have been... A different because he okay. Qui Gon looked at things a different way. We all know that. Uh, I feel like Anakin would have followed in those footsteps, and uh, Qui Gon would have paid more attention to Anakin and been more one on one compared to the way Obi Wan looked at him, and kind of didn't like go too in depth into his feelings, and because he didn't really want to prize too much, it felt like to me. You you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. If he paid more attention, he would have seen that thing happening with Padme. He would have stopped it, kind of like they stopped the thing with Satine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I but mean, didn't Obi-Wan say that if Satine was willing, that he would have left the Jedi Order behind him? Yeah. Well, there's one thing, though. Um, Obi-Wan did actually discover the whole Padme thing. He just left it alone. That's and, the problem. And I do agree with you. He did not want to pry at all. Because there was also, multiple times... Especially in episode two, where he asked if he felt okay. Also, like, would Count Dooku have been Count Dooku if Mr. Uh, Qui-Gon was still around? No, because Qui-Gon also saw, he saw basically the flaws in the Jedi Council, just like Dooku did. And the main reason that he left is because he thought he was the only one that knew about the flaws in the uh, Jedi Council. Okay. Well, then there we go. There's, it's, it's a, uh, I did, uh, yeah, I guess this is something to not really, because they would ruin the rest of the story. He, it was necessary for him to die for the story to progress. He's a good character. Mm-hmm. I wish we saw more of him, but it is what it is. The prequel trilogy is a mess. Uh, <laughs> anything else you guys would like to discuss, debate? Hashtag Snoke is uh, Yoda's apprentice. Okay, we're gonna fire you if you. <laughs> Where is my customization? <laughs> That's true. Where is the customization for that Battlefront oh, yeah. Two? Yeah, I've been waiting for. You know what's really annoying is that they said since you can't basically use credits to get um anymore, you can't use credits to get those. The, what are they? Those stupid crates. Yeah, the crates. Yep. Um, that you're going to use them for customization. And so far, I've amassed quite the fortune and I can't use them on anything. Uh, yeah, I have. Um, I almost have 70,000 credits just sitting around. <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck. Dude, I'm at 120,000. Damn. Yeah. You know, funny thing is that we're talking about the customization was supposed to be out on April 1st. What's today? April, not April, way past 1st. It was probably <laughs> April Fool's fool's joke it was like yo no because i think they did release a way to unlock the rodian but then again yeah. you, didn't, you weren't able to buy it and you yeah, missed your shot, you missed your shot yeah i missed my shot Pissed. and then yet again i think they tweeted out that they were going to um put it out later this month when well, is i that sure going? hope so because i have it <laughs> when is that gonna be 
Because I want my clone customization. Anyway, I guys, I got a couple things to announce here. Uh, this weekend, Muhammad and I will be attend will be attending the Steel City Comic Con convention. Yeah, And uh, we'll be next Sunday. We will have Grandmaster Mo live in in house the TJ Bowser recording studio to do this good old do back discussion podcast. No, I'm saying, but uh, also. We have a couple things in store. We got a couple videos coming out on YouTube brought to you by our very own Joke the Rogue. Your boy. Your boy. Also, make sure you keep following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram because them fact of the days have been on fire lately by our boy Jordan White. Yeah, that weird thing he does. <laughs> the cool thing about Steel City Con this year is uh mr ian mcdermott will be there you know the emperor so stay tuned to our facebook page and our personal accounts because i'm sure you'll see pictures of muhammad and i you know snagging a picture with the emperor uh <laughs> you cannot wait it's gonna be a great weekend man absolutely i'm really excited looking forward to it uh yeah so go to dobackdiscussion.net read some articles watch some fan films Listen to the podcast. Have a good time. Hit us up with any questions you've got. That is it for episode 11 of the Do Back Discussion podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. And that'll be all for the Do Back Discussion podcast. This is TJ Bowser signing out. Jordan White's out of the building. Joke the Rogue signing off. Getting off. Grandmaster Mo signing off. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. May the force Bye. be with you. Bye.